You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Uh, Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 84 the Maddie's Cooking Corner edition. Yes. What are you? Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you cooking up there, pal? I'm gonna make some dirty rice. Oh, all right. All right. What? Uh, all I gotta do is brown meat, and it's a pre-packed dirty rice mix. Um. Well. It's a local company, but you can buy it national now. Hey, you're uh, you're breaking up like crazy. Are you moving around with your mic or something? I guess it's swinging. Huh? Let me put the other one. Let me put both headphones in. That might help. Huh? Maybe. If they're both in the ears. How about now? Um, you sound louder, but you sound oh, like okay. well, you're louder. Um, but you're still like garbled, like you got some sausage in your mouth. Do you have sausage in your mouth? No, I don't have anything in my mouth. Huh. Oh, this is. What about now? I'm just standing. I'm literally just standing here. Yeah. All right. That's inconvenient. Maybe we got a bad. Uh, maybe we got a bad internet connection. Maybe the cooking episode can't happen. <laughs> I'll go sit down. Let me just go sit down because maybe that's the problem. Alright, let's see. I don't like having both headphones in anyway. How are we now? You're much better. Yeah, okay. I'm back in my usual spot. Is, uh, so now it, this is, uh, um,. Hello and welcome to episode 84, the Sitting with Maddie edition. You should keep them both in anyway, you know? <laughs> I mean, we got to fill the time as it is. What? Um, People can kind of see how the sausage is made, so to speak. Do you not have a good internet connection in, the, in, in like that part of the house? No, I, I'm, I, I do. I think the problem is maybe it's because I had the phone in my pocket. I don't know. Ah, that's what it is. Maybe that's the problem. You know? Maybe that is the problem. So what? Um, well, this is really how the sausage is made. You you have a Skype app on your on your phone. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 just a matter of you just finding the time to be able to talk. Because me, on the other hand, um, I've got. A huge like command center setup. Yeah, my command setup is a recliner. Oh, you lucky dog! Are you? Do you have clothes on? Yeah, I'm wearing more clothes than I usually wear. Oh, would you head over to uh, Jefferson Parish today? No, no, I came home, but because I was gonna be cooking stuff, I threw on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'm sitting around a pair. I come home, get out of the clothes because I hate being in that get up. I mean, my whole life I've been like that. When I used to come home from school, I used to I wore a uniform growing up. Okay. First thing I would do is kick off everything, you know. Tie in the whole deal? Did you have to wear a tie? Well, I didn't have a tie. We wore khaki, like military style uniforms, you know, like khaki shirt, khaki pants, web belt, 
uh, black military shoes. What? You know, with a name tag and a patch on the side arm in high school. But my grade school wore the same uniform, but not with name tags and no patches, but the same uniform. Wait, okay, wait, wait, let me back up for a second. So, um... Grade school, you didn't have to wear web belt or the friggin' military shoes, though. So, at Jesuit? Jesuit, yes. Um... You had to wear like a military uniform. That's crazy. Yeah, I think what it, they always had uniforms, you know, forever. But I think what the style of uniform harkens back to a Jesuit grad who was like a, what was he? He might have been a congressman or something. F. Edward A. Bear. He had something to do uh, with the military. It's a Jesuit was like one of the first Marine ROTC, high school ROTC programs in the country, I think. And that's why they have that uniform. You know? Um, it's You guys look like your Boy Scouts. Yeah, well, it's more of a Marine uniform. Yeah, okay. I mean, whatever you got to tell yourself at the end of the day, I guess. Is no, it's not. <laughs> but that's what it was because you had to wear a black name tag. You know, we had a patch on the side. And you had to wear web belt, and you know where you go get your shoes. You go to the friggin' army surplus store, right? You know, and what it sucked. Did they have dress down days? Uh very rarely. Wow. You know, there might be like those spirit days where you can wear some kind of bullshit school related or something, but you couldn't wear like you couldn't wear a sweatshirt that had any other markings other than Jesuit stuff on it, unless it had nothing on it. You know. Wait, you could wear a sweatshirt, like, if you were cold? You could wear a sweatshirt if you were cold, yeah. Like, but you couldn't wear, like, a, you couldn't come in there, like, in a Syracuse sweatshirt. Okay. All right, see, that's I, that's interesting. We had to wear uniforms at CBA. Um, at my freshman year, it was jacket and tie. Yeah, that's terrible. I, You know what? You could never done the jacket down here anyway. It's too it damn hot true, for that. True, true. Um, yeah. halfway through my, my, my freshman year, it was, um, it was basically protocol. You can leave your, uh, jackets in the lockers. So like every day you had to wait for the announcement. Uh, you're permitted to leave your jackets in the lockers. Then at one point during freshman year, um, it became, uh, from this point on, you may leave jackets in the lockers. And okay. then they never came out because sophomore year they weren't required uh, unless you had to have it because you never knew when they were going to ask you to put it on. But um, it, it no longer became mandatory. But it was shirt, collared shirt and tie, pants and, and shoes. Could never wear sneakers and you could never wear – if you wore a sweater, it had to be a CBA sweater. You couldn't wear one that didn't have anything on Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. See, I'm pretty sure you could wear stuff that didn't have stuff on it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know about sweaters, though. You know? Yeah. Ours d- I mean, jackets, obviously, they're not going to make you wear, you know, during the winter. They're not going to make you buy. They don't make their own jacket. But, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Because if you wore, like, a sweatshirt, it probably did have to be that still. I just know you couldn't come in there with like a any other logo on it because you had to wear your name tag on the outside of the sweatshirt if you had it on. Was it M. Livicari 
Or did it say... No, it said Matthew Livicary or Matt Livicary or whatever, you know? Right. I mean, I still got it. I got one of those somewhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, that would be something that I would keep. That's kind of cool. You know, and then, um... It was, uh... You had to wear black socks with the black shoes, you know, and it had to be polished, of course, you know. They weren't completely rigorous about that because I had a pair of shoes I wore for a couple of years because, you know, it's military shoes. It's nice once you get them worked in, you know, because yeah, yeah. they're hard leather, you know. So I'd have a pair of shoes that I could, you know, go get them resold, you know. But, um, but I mean, you know, sometimes they give you a warning. But if you wore, I remember once this guy, he didn't last long. I felt kind of bad for him. He was kind of an outsider. And he had come in probably only in our junior year. His he was a, a Latin kid, and his but his older brother had graduated there a couple of years earlier. His older brother was like one of these Mister Jesuit type of guys, you know, like he was a very popular guy. Okay. And this guy came in, and you know he was, you know, these guys were probably first generation, you know, and back then. I mean, to this today, I'm sure it's still that way. But back then, there was probably a lot more because the neighborhood around the school has become, you know, gentrifying paradise now. But back then, there was a lot of uh, Latins around the school, you know. All right. So he had come in and he used to get messed with a lot because he used to wear like cologne to school and stuff, you know. <laughs> and like. You know, it was kind of like a cultural thing, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had hair. His hair was always slicked back with product in it and stuff. And he really didn't know too many people because I ain't nothing for nothing. I mean, we had minorities and stuff. But, A, you're new, for one, as a junior, which is tough enough as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, still, even though we had a good number of, you know, a decent number of minorities and Hispanics even, you know? You're coming in kind of late to the ball game as it is, even with them. And then, overwhelmingly, it was a gringo school. You know? Right, right. You know, I mean, overwhelmingly, it's probably 80-something percent white kids. You know, so he used to get fucked with a lot. I remember one day, he actually came to school, and it was in our English class. That's how I knew it was junior year, because it was Mr. Powers, who was actually cool with him and trying to friggin felt bad for him i know that because i remember he's the one that was telling us about the uh, the older brother but he was in the class and mr powers noticed he only had a sweatshirt on you know i think it was like the jesuit sweatshirt but he had no shirt under you still need to wear the uniform shirt right you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you need to stick the collar out you know let him know he sent them up there and i think that kid probably left the school soon after that he's like i'm just not gonna you know just wasn't his cup of tea. Yeah. What was the deal with his brother? He was he had an older brother? Yeah, he had an older brother. Probably graduated maybe when I was in eighth or ninth grade, who was like one of these, you know, there are certain guys in school who are like the model type of guys and fall off with everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like the type of guy they put on like the front cover or something or inside the yearbook pictures and shit like you know what I'm saying? Yep. His brother was like one of those guys, you know? So, and that's probably the only reason he ended up there. He probably didn't want to be there to begin with, you know? Right, right. I mean, there's loads of dudes like that, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. They um, they actually had a special, um, like, uh, a portion of the freshman year assembly that they dedicated to the kids who didn't want to be there because their parents made them or their brothers 
um, you know, were legacy or, or their parents yeah. graduated or their fathers yeah. graduated. Um, and they would tell them, like, this is really expensive. And, um, you know, the way to get your – the way to prove your point is is don't fuck up and don't waste your parents' money. Then you've got a bargaining position. You know, yeah. after the year, you can go to your parents and be like, hey, listen – I tried my best. I did my best, but I don't like it, and it's a real waste of your money. <laughs> but they're like, if you come in and you screw off, they're just going to be pissed you wasted their money and you wasted a year of your education. So don't come in and screw off. And inevitably, there's a kid, you know, who comes in and screws off and wants to go to the public school and go to school with girls and whatnot. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my oldest brother was that guy in our family. You know, because he, he never really went to go there, you know, so he he lasted a year and he was done. Yeah. You know, he, it was, because it used to be like one of those things, I guess, when they were little. You know, I mean, my brother, that brother's 12 and a half years older than me and the other brother's 10 years older than me. You know, when they were little, they used to pass and my brother, the, the second brother, the younger of the two, he'd be like, oh, that's the school grandpa went to? I want to go there. You know, he was always like that. Right, you know? right, right. Whereas AJ just kind of went, he was the first one. It was kind of like it was, you know, he he really wasn't cut out for it to begin with. Because you got to kind of be like, you kind of got to be on the ball. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's like you can't be a screw around, you know. AJ was, it's, it's, it, it wasn't his thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it is a discipline, intense school, you know. Like, I remember I was there for five years. Back then, you know, most people started in eighth grade, but then some guys would come in ninth grade. Now there's probably even less people that come in ninth grade because they've reshuffled the order of all these, the archdiocese schools, you know. Jesuit's not in the archdiocese, but they used to, there's no, they don't even they don't even have eighth grade for boys at archdiocese and grade schools anymore, you know? Okay. But, um, it was, we had this one teacher senior year. His name was, uh, Mr. Wright, you know, taught, uh, what was it? Trigonometry had him for, and he was a, uh, you know, really just, he didn't care how much you screwed off in class. As long as we got the work done was always his philosophy. So everybody screwed off a lot in his class. And he allowed everybody to screw off in the class, especially he's teaching seniors. Everybody has senior ice. He doesn't give a fuck. And uh, he's a big gay guy. He was, <laughs> I saw him about a year and a half ago when I was over there for a funeral. I was like, oh, it's Mr. Wright. And worst thing was he didn't even recognize me really <laughs> but he used to just let everybody sp- i remember me and this one guy we would like have wrestling matches in the class you know <laughs> and then one kid would sit there this guy jerry rayborn he would sit there and do the beavis freak this is all shit you couldn't do at a co-ed school either right right and and then joey would get up in front of the class like when the guy would step out of the class or he'd be sitting there he didn't even give a fuck and joey would be leaving leading a chant you know one half of the class yelling Bush and another half yelling beer. What do we want? We want Bush and beer. <laughs> you know, it's like all the shit you can only do in a friggin' misogynistic all male environment. Right, right. <laughs> but it was like near the end of the year and we we're in that classroom and there's nothing the fuck to do, you know? You're just waiting out till graduation, you know, waiting to 
the days I have to take the exam and then graduate, we we got a mind. We start thinking about how many people came to school here and didn't make it through, and we're all just trying to go from memory. People that should have graduated with us, yeah, who for whatever reason aren't there anymore. A couple of them were people who maybe moved, but that was rare. You know, most people were people who flunked out or people who, uh, you know, got tossed out for issues. I remember we came, I remember explicitly coming to the number 69, but I think we might have made it into the 70s. Of people that left. Of people that never lasted, yes. Oh, my God. And we had a graduating class of, I think it was, well, this is a disputed graduating class i think yes. it was supposed to it was 227 or 230 something but we had a bunch of guys that cut down a bunch of trees on campus as their senior prank right like vandalized yeah the yeah, place. yeah and they weren't allowed to graduate on stage so but basically friggin you know you look at it, that's a fifth more that should have been there. Right. We um we graduated with probably about two hundred and I would say twenty five or so didn't didn't make it. Okay. I think we started with two twenty five. Yeah, Jesuits real friggin' they're ridiculous. And um like it's it's hard to stay in, but I think they've gotten softer because they got. They've either gotten softer or letting a lot more people to school because the graduating classes are a lot bigger now. Okay. You know, like now they're graduating like 260 kids or something. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they got softer though. But I don't know if they have because the friggin' guy who's like the disciplinarian, the head disciplinarian's a former marine, so I doubt they are. But <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's always like a former Marine or some shit. <laughs> when I was there, the head disciplinarian was, was a football coach, a former football coach. You know, but before him, like when my brother Chris was there in the 80s, it was the, the fucking former Marine <laughs> guy who served time in Vietnam, who played for Vince Lombardi <laughs> at Fordham. <laughs> I mean, they were like hard asses, you know? Yeah. But, um,. But the funny thing is, there was a school, and it's a school my dad actually went to for a few years till they, quote unquote, asked him to leave, as he likes to say it, De La Salle. But the word always was, oh, if you flunk out Jesuit, you can always go to De La Salle. They'll take anybody. <laughs> you know? Right, right. So freshman year at Syracuse, you know, when you're on the, the dorm, you know, the dorm floor, you have one of those meetings, like the first or second day you're there, you know, where everybody in the Dorm meets in the common area. Yeah. We were in Brew 3. Sure. Go around, give us your name, and tell us where you're from, you know? Yeah. So I go around. I'm like, my name's Matt. I'm from New Orleans. And this guy goes, you're from New Orleans? I'm from New Orleans. Where'd you go to high school? <laughs> and I was like, Jesuit. He's like, I was like, where'd you go? He's like, De La Salle. I was like, and all I could think of was the one guy I knew definitely who had gotten tossed out from Jesuit. And ended up there. I'm like, you know Taylor Tubby? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and that's all it was, you know? Right, right. And I became friends with that guy because he was friends with guys, a couple of guys in my class, you know, including one of the guys who I used to always get into it with in that guy, Mr. Wright's class, you know? So Wait, so did that kid stick around the Q's? Oh, yeah, yeah. He graduated from the Q's, you know? Was- I think there were four total kids from New Orleans – 
Two of them were from this magnet school, Ben Franklin, which is a bunch of... It's a douchebag school. <laughs> um, well, because what it is, it's the, a magnet school, which is the cream of the crop of kids that would go to public schools in New Orleans. Yeah. So they have a really inflated sense of themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because a lot of them are like, well, especially back then, because we're talking about my generation, they were like the kids of like these hippie type of parents who believe in public education, you know? Right. Even though it's really not public education because you're separating them from the general public education environment to put them in a magnet school that you need to test into. Right, right. <laughs> you know? You're gaming the system. Yeah, 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 yeah. They like to act like they're, you know, like, oh, well, we're more true, but they all have a inflated sense of self. I'm like, great, you're the cream of the crop of fucking Orleans public schools, which are terrible. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're smart kids. It's just like they kind of have an ego about them. Right. But uh, it was a girl and a guy. I don't know what happened to the guy. I think the girl might have left, though, after, like, after freshman year, she might have left. Because she was up there during the summer when I was up there during the summer after freshman year. Yeah. Oh, you so, stayed up there the summer freshman year? Not by choice. Oh, you had to take <laughs> classes? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I mean, that's how I ended up being buddies with Fredo. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's, you want to? I was gonna say well, that's go really on. funny because um, I was a I was probably a an average high school student at best. Yeah, but I think a lot of that had to do with um, with like the competitive nature of the school. Yeah, and you know I got in a couple honors classes early, and it was just. Like hard, I don't say hard to keep up, but it was it was challenging. It was a lot more challenging yeah, yeah. than I had been prepared for. So I settled into being like an average student. My high school GPA was an eighty-eight or somewhere along those lines. Um, but I went to college and excelled because of that. Yeah, so you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. It kind of it it kind of shot me ahead. But interesting, interesting. My problem was I fucked off too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just quit going to classes and shit. Right. And, you know, if you don't go to class, you know. I mean, I I, I ended up doing all right, you know, because I was like, all you need to do is just go to class. You don't even have to do the reading, you know. Right. You go to class, they tell you everything that's going to be on the exam. Did I? You know? have, have I ever told you the, the best piece of advice was uh, – a uh, piece of advice that my dad gave me before that? I went to college. And uh, he said, go, growing up, going in, in, in high school and, 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 and maturing to towards college age, m- more so my dad than my mom, but their, their official stance was, um, listen, college is really, really fun. You're going to get a chance to do a lot of stuff in an environment that fosters different things. So yeah. just work towards that. Basically what they were saying was don't be a, a fuck up in high school. Don't be yeah. a drunk in high school because when you get to college, it's going to be drunk. a lot of fun. 
Yep. You know, and they didn't say yeah. that in in so many words, but but that was kind of their their mantra. But the actual piece of advice that my dad gave me before I left was, um, listen, you go there, you're an adult now. You got your opportunities to do uh, all kinds of things. Just remember, you're there. You're, you treat your classes as a job, and you're there to work at that job, and give it yeah. forty hours a week. If you put in forty hours a week between classes and study, you'll have plenty of time to do everything else that you want on your own terms, on your own time. And um, I kind of stuck with that, and and, yeah. and that was the formula that that helped me excel. And it was it's really funny because there's no way in hell. And maybe I never told him what an impact that had on me at the time, but there's no way in hell he gave that same speech to, you know, to my brothers and sister. Yeah, all were at least five years of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at least five years of college. So, uh, you know, like we don't, we're not one of those families that has like you know the DeSantis way. Yeah, and, yeah. And something yeah. gets handed down from generation. It's like five years, you know? Right. Well, had I known it was an option, yeah. I don't know, maybe I would have taken them up on that, but I was the first, so I didn't get Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The only reason it took me five years, I mean, because I screwed around, but I could have got it done quicker, but I had a, a decent scholarship. And I was like, well, this covers, it covers up to five years. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and I reached a point where I was like, where I could have totally just, even at that point after I, I was like, well, I could finish in December of 98. But then I was like, well, it carries through May. Who the fuck leaves college in the middle of the year? Right, 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 right. Because <laughs> I could have, re- I mean, even before that, if I wanted to get done, I could have doubled down, taken a couple extra classes here or there. Because I was mostly taking electives in that last year. You know? Yeah. I think I took maybe two recovery required classes the whole two semesters you know one was a bullshit math class that could take in any time yeah right but um but that was kind of my fault math thing because originally i took a tougher math class because i was like oh i'll take a tougher math class because i can do that but then of course it wasn't that i couldn't do it it's i got lazy you know right and i was like why am i in this math class when i when they got this bullshit elementary one with all the morons that you need just to get the math requirement for the political science degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. All my maths and science were something, something, something for non-science majors. Something, something, yeah, something that's what, for non-math majors. Yes, that's what I ended up taking. But originally, I was taking a tougher math because I was like, well, I can do it, and I could. But then it was like... Well, you actually got to put in a lot of time to study for the test every week, you know? Right. But, um, and I was never the strongest math student. I could do it as long as I studied. It's just that it was one of the subjects I had to do a lot more studying for than others, you know? Yeah. So that was always my problem with math. But, um, I don't know. My high school career was very similar to my college career. Fucked off in the freshman year, got in trouble, then started busting my ass and got good grades up, you know? And high school, when I really started busting my ass to get really good grades, was like junior year because, you know, everybody was like stressing, this is the year all the colleges look at your grades. Right, you know? right. Because that, they're like, that's the the picture, the snapshot they're going to look at junior year, you know? Because it's going to be too late by the time you're a senior, so make sure you do good junior year. 
You know, so I started really working overdrive junior year to get better grades, you know. Uh, but this is a funny story. I haven't talked to you since I since I told this story just to my buddy Jacob a couple weeks ago. So Fat Pat, as you all know, right? Yes. Works for the NBA, and on rare occasion, he gets gets me tickets. I didn't think those would even happen anymore. But a couple weeks ago, um, when was it? It's the only game the friggin' Pelicans won this year. Must have been last week. Yeah, or maybe it's the week before that. I don't know. No, it was last week. I think it was like on Tuesday night or something. He texted me in the morning, do you want to go to Pelicans Mavericks tonight, you know? And I'm like, all right. And then so I asked my brother, and he couldn't go. And then I asked Jacob to go I think uh, with me, and so he came with me. And, uh, and, you know, the seats, when you get them from Pat, they're these great seats. You know, they're center court right behind press row and the second row of seats right off off the court, you know? Right. Not, not the courtside seats, but the first two rows of the actual stands, you know? Yep. Like you can yell at players, you know, you're between the benches. You know, you can yell at players and they'll hear you, you know? Right. <laughs> if you want to be an asshole, you right. know? <laughs> and they do have a lot of guys down there like to be assholes. <laughs> I, I couldn't even think of what I would I would take time to yell. Yeah. Because one, it's got to be impactful enough that I don't sound like an asshole to the people sitting around me. Yeah. And on point enough that the guy hears it and it has some effect on him. Yeah, I mean, on rare occasion, you'll hear some guy who's actually kind of funny. You know? Right. I'd want to be that guy. I'd want to be yeah. that guy. Uh, but, like, we're down there. They're playing the Mavericks, so right? You know, we're there earlier because we had just nothing to do. We're sitting there probably, like, 20 minutes before tip-off. So there's not that many people in there yet, you know? Yeah. And friggin' uh, Mark Cuban's right there, you know? He's, like, 20 feet away from us, you know, talking to J.A. Adonde. You know? <laughs> they're just chilling you know? right i mean it's just funny when you're that close to it yeah you know so my mom loves mark cuban so i walked down i took a picture of mark cuban you know i was like i'm not gonna try to yell at him because you know how many people are probably trying to yell at him to come over and do something for him you know i was like i don't need that my mom doesn't need some bullshit autograph of mark cuban i took a picture and sent it to her what does uh What's her connection to Mark Cuban? She loves Shark Tank. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, Jacob's, you know, asking me, you know, talking about the tickets. I was like, I was like, you know, how many things had to line up for me to get these fucking tickets today? And I started telling him the whole story. So I'll tell it here because it's kind of funny. So, um, freshman year, I lived on and. On Brew 3, 310, and right next to to us, you know, it's end of the hall, so right next door is the suite, you know, where, yes. you know, there was like three guys living in that suite. And one was this guy, Jeremy, from Nanuet, New York. Well, you'll, you'll love the connection here. So he had a guy, a guy he knew from his hometown who he'd tell me about, who I met a couple of times that year. He, he's like, oh, this guy sucks. But he's here, and he's one of those guys who's like, you know, like kind of the think guy who's always able to smuggle stuff in. So, 
uh, I remember we met him at Chuck's. So uh, that was the first time we ever met him because he had to hang out with him at Chuck's. And then a bunch of these guys from their hometown, high school guys, came. So so this guy helped him smuggle a, a beer ball into the dorm. And there was a big party in the suite, you know? Okay. With like probably 20 guys or whatever. I don't know. It was a, it was a lot of fucking people for that suite, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a beer ball. This guy was responsible for smuggling. So uh, you'll know what I'm talking about right now. That man's name? A one Dan Ornstein. Uh, A.K.A. Dan Ornstench. Dan Ornstink. Uh, so... Which guy was, was he? What's that? Which guy was he? He was the guy. Who, he lived in on the mount, you know, which is why Peters and those guys knew him, Fredo. Okay. But so, what was his connection the, to the suite? He was from the same town. town. He went to the same high school as the kid next to me. Got it. In the dorm, you know, yeah, yeah, Nanuet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, very Jewish population, I think, down there, because that guy was Jewish. Most of their friends were Jewish kids, whatever, you know? Okay. I think it's in Westchester. Got it. And um, and he didn't. I remember. I remember before even meeting the kid Ornstein the first time. This guy Jeremy was tempering us about how much he sucks. <laughs> but he's just one of those guys that people have to be friends with, you know? Right. <laughs> so I had I had known him because of that because I had hung out with him on a few occasions where he was hanging out with Jeremy or whatever, Jeremy's friends who were visiting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, second semester comes along, I fuck up. I get up, but I'm like, I'm not thinking anything. I'm like, big deal, I fucked up in school. Who cares? <laughs> I start blowing off. I wasn't even taking finals and shit. I was like, I'll come back and reboot next year. Well, I'm home like a couple of weeks back in New Orleans, and they get a letter in the mail and telling me that they basically want me to take a semester off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. And my mom's like, what? What the hell's wrong with you? Blah, 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 you know? And I was like, I don't care. I don't need to go to school there. And she's like, so she start, she's putting more effort into this than I am because I'm just an 18-year-old asshole, you know? Right, right. She's calling around. She's like, LSU won't even accept you. Because <laughs> they wouldn't accept me because I was on suspension there, you know? Right. But that's like gone as low as you can. LSU won't accept you. You know? Right, right. Generally, back then especially, you didn't have to do much to get an LSU. You know? And uh, so she starts calling around, you know, and calls up to school Apparently, she gets in touch with somebody, and there was something called the Syracuse Academic Improvement Program. I think it only had started a few years earlier. Like, this might have been only like the second or third year they ever did it. Okay. It was basically, I think the real reason, because the real reason I think they might have started it was for like kids that had gotten in that really, you know, weren't. Like up to the standards. Yeah, probably around that time they started like what would have been the equivalent to like the Equal Opportunity Fund. Yeah, yeah, that's. And um, so when we got there. It was like a lot of those kids, and it was all, and then, and then there was another group of kids which were like the remainder, which there's like Stevens Menger was in it, Stevo. Yeah. Fredo was in it, you know, and that kid Dan Ordenstench was in it. Um. 
the kids who had just fucked off too much, you know, who could do the work. They just fucked off too much. Right, you know? right. <laughs> so you had, so, but the funny thing is everybody went through it. And my mom's like, you're lucky they're letting you in. Cause apparently a lot more people were asking to get in than they allowed, you know, cause I think there were only like 50 something people in the program, you know? Right. And obviously there's more than 50 fucking freshmen who fucked up. You know? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I remember, you know, they make you go through all these things where you got to meet with an advisor and stuff. And I remember I'd meet with the advisor and she's like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm like, she's like, oh, all right, you know what's going on. I'm like, yes. I was like, I fucked up. That's all it is. I really don't need a tutor because the advisor was supposed to be like sort of like a tutor. And some of the kids did, you know, yeah, yeah. the ones who got in there and, you know, questionable qu- uh, qualifications, you know, but I really didn't need it. But. The good thing is I was able to repeat delete like a couple of the classes because they offered them in the summer, you know? So you so, you were just basically extending your freshman year. Yeah, but you still needed to petition to get back into the school. Oh, okay. You know? So I went and fortunately I saw my advisor when I was in because I was taking a political science class, you know, uh, was it public policy. Okay. And, um, you know, and it was actually, uh, we had to do this thing where we had to take surveys of people and we had to set up in the Marshall Square Mall. And I had a partner that I had to set up with and sit there. And that was the most uncomfortable thing ever. My partner was Sir Mon Wilson. <laughs> and he was so disinterested in doing that shit. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't uh, keep his attention? Well, he 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 had no interest in like even like asking anybody. Like I remember the one person he talked to it was a cheerleader that came walking by, so he knew her. Right. You know? And he's just sitting there and I'm just you know. It was like talking to a brick wall, you know? Right. <laughs> like, he wasn't mean. He was just freaking quiet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to sit there for like two or three hours with him <laughs> at a little table in the Marshall Square Mall during the summer in Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> no one's in that fucking mall in the summer in Syracuse, you know? Right. <laughs> but anyway, so... Nobody's in I that got- mall during September, yeah, exactly. Keys. It's like people were passing by to go to like the subway or something, you know. Right. Or maybe if if it's early in the year, they they're gone to the bookstore and they're followers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the only reasons to go in there. You know, unless back in the day, you'd walk through if you were going to Maggie's or whatever, you know, at night. Right. Um. I mean, I never understood how they called that place a mall. <laughs> Anyhow. So when I get there, so I was telling Brian about the guy, Dan. So I get there. I don't know anybody, but the first person I see is Dan Ornstein. You know, I was like, oh, and I was like, somebody I know, you know, so that was good, you know. But, and at that time, Dan Ornstein was subletting at 1106. Who, who did he, who was he technically subletting from? Was it Mike Peters? Peters, yeah. Yeah. And so that became like the gathering place because we all had to stay in, um, was it Marion Hall? Okay. The, the dorm, you know? Yeah, over. So everybody needed a place to hang out, you know? And uh, so that's where we would go hang out, 1106. And that's how I met 
you know, Fredo is in the program, Steve-O is in it, uh, Billy McKenney, a.k.a. Boogie. Yeah, okay. Uh, Dan Robbins, you know that guy? Uh, he he lived with Billy McKinney and Michael Hughes yes, and stuff yeah, across yeah, yeah. the street from us, so 1106. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was all those guys are in the program and a few other people, you know? And um, some guys didn't get back into the school, too. That's just crazy, you know? Um, Did you have to pay I, for the program? I don't even know if you had to pay for it. I don't think you did because Syracuse was doing it because they had an interest in retaining. If you had to pay, it wasn't expensive. Okay. You know, like it wasn't the same rate as it normally would have been, you know, because they were like just trying, they were trying to retain students, you know? Yep. So, so I think there was kind of a deal on it, you know? So, so I get there and that's how I meet him. And that's when I met Cuddy because Cuddy was living at 1106 during the summer. Yes. You know, Cuddy and Kelly the dog. Yeah. And I, which I always remember going over there and hanging out with just Dan and Cuddy. And uh, we were sitting around one night and, uh, and I looked at the kid Dan. I was telling him how he looked like friggin' Don Rickles. <laughs> and I remember, I, of course, we were baked, you know. And, uh, and Cuddy was there with us, and I remember Cuddy looking at and he was like, I don't look like Don Rickles. He was getting offended. And Cuddy's like, I see the Rickles appeal in you. <laughs> uh, so that's how I met Cuddy. But because of that, I became good friends with Alfredo and, like, Steve-O and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, the next year, you know, I hung out with Alfredo a few times, and that's how I became... You know, eventually friends with Brian and Goldberg, who I remember hanging out with Fredo and it was near the end of fall semester and it was Goldberg. It was the night that you and BP were off like uh, DJ in one of those sorority formals. Okay. So I ended up uh, hanging out with Goldberg and Fredo and then spring semester starts and i walk into a class a writing studio class down in that little uh what's the audiology and special education building that one that's right there across from like the dunkin donuts yeah you know okay. on marshall street yeah uh and it was a small class there was <laughs> three white guys in that class of about 15 and the three white guys from goldberg this guy boris who was like a, a badass bass player you know, big old fat hippie looking dude and me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and the topic was, uh, cause you remember that those creative writing classes, those writing studio classes, the second, the second studio you had to take two of them. Yes. You know, the second one had selected topics, but you don't know what topic it is when you're signing up for the class, you know? Right. And that one was like, uh, it was like urban such and such you know it was it was totally and i think everybody else in the class knew what the topic was. yeah how did like you the guys, three of us had no clue what the topic was till we walked into that class how did you how did it slip by you guys well because well because well i mean it didn't slip by us once we were in there no 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 no, but, no yeah but everybody else knew what it was it wasn't hidden well, no. I mean, I guess it wasn't, but at the time, I was just signed up for whatever writing studio fit my schedule. Of course. Of course. You know? Right. Right. Like, you're not even looking at time. You're like, oh, this one's at friggin' 
twice a week at 11 o'clock in the morning on Marshall Street? Okay, fine, you know? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and Goldberg was in there, so we started hanging out all the time, and eventually Goldberg's like, hey, man, you want to move into 1106 with us, you know? So uh, I think that was all, you know, because they needed somebody else. Because at the time, it was going to be seven people in there. You know, how many, how many did we have? We had two up top, three, and then uh, so two up top. That's five, six. We were only supposed yeah. to have six people. Yeah, I mean, in the end, we had six, but we were gonna have seven. But I think they knew. I mean, you know, because it would. But Fredo didn't end up going all the way through. You know, he didn't make it back next year. You know. But you know they had that little auxiliary bedroom downstairs next to the living room. Yes. You know they had the the bathroom and the bedroom. All that that used to be a porch that right. they turned into rooms. As we re- like to refer to it, as definitely not Joe Roman- Joe Romano's room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he used to secretly live in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he would pay you guys rent? He would pay us rent. And yeah, we also had uh, a guy live on the couch. Oh, yeah, that was Black Coop, right? Uh, at the time, effectively known as Couch Coop. Couch Coop. Couch Coop. To right. differentiate him from Little Coop. Because yes. Black Coop and White Coop was, let's face it, even you know in the mid-90s in Syracuse, was, was pushing the bounds of, of taste and decorum. <laughs> yes. But it still sounds like a little revisionism to call him Couch Coop now. Well, at the time, that's what we referred to him as to his face and amongst <laughs> our peers. So if uh, if you were to uh, if you were to have an eleven oh six Jeopardy contest, and um, little Teresa was one of the contestants, and the um, and the category was eleven oh six visitors, and it was and the Answer was man who lived on couch. She would buzz in yeah. and say, "Couch coop." Couch coop. <laughs> All right. Well, moving along. Yes. <laughs> Past couch coop. Well, I ended up living there. It was like six of us living there, and eventually, it was five, and it was six again because this guy Rob Stetner that I think was, I think he might have been, he might have been Brian's roommate freshman year. Yeah, Stetner. He, he had like a goatee, he, right? What's that? Get a goatee. Did he have a goatee? Yeah, I think he might have at one time. He was an architecture student. Squ- you know? Square jawed. Square jawed. Yeah, uh, he's from Colorado, I think. Yeah. But then by the time he moved in with us, you know, I really didn't even know him that well. And those guys didn't hang out with him much sophomore year because he got so into, like, architecture is like, kind of like a little cult. It's a five-year program, you know? Yep. And he got so into the architect crowd, you know, and he lived with us for, like, a week and a half and he was out. You know, he's like, you guys are just too rowdy, you know? <laughs> and I don't think we ever saw him again, you know? Who, um, and, uh, excuse me, who took his place? Eventually Floyd. Allegedly. Yes, Floyd took his place for about a total of two and a third, two and a eighth of a semester. Because <laughs> he moved in there like in second semester. The room was just empty first semester after he moved out right you know and it, so floyd was there for about two semesters because i remember he he might have moved in near the end of fall semester 
Because because there was a couple of times. Because one semester he didn't come back. I think that would have been senior fall. He didn't come back. He stayed home for the semester because he had some kind of issues gone. So Bino moved in there because Bino thought he graduated, but he really didn't graduate. So he <laughs> needed to come back for a semester. Of course. <laughs> so our Bino lived in there, and then Floyd came back for spring and lived there. So. <laughs> So anyway, so because Brian lived there and Fat Pat went was from Sandwich, even though he wasn't like buddies with Brian, but it was like he knew him. So it was like, so he started hanging out with Brian when he got to Syracuse occasionally, the way anybody from any small town would hang out with the one person they knew from their small town there, you know, right? who was older, you know? Yeah. So... Because Brian lived with us and Fat Pat would come over there and then eventually Fat Pat was hanging out there and eventually we got him a job at Fagan's and eventually became good friends with Fat Pat, who now works for the NBA. So, <laughs> so I told I told Jacob that whole story. I was like, so see all the shit that had to happen for us to be sitting in these seats tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of shit that had to happen. You know, first it had to take me gone up to this fucking school way the fuck away from here. You know? Right, right. I forgot what we were even talking about, but it all goes back to Dan Ornstink. Yes. Like, the odds that I end up there, and I happen to live next to a dude that went to high school with Dan Ornstink, who I meet three or four times as a freshman, who's the first guy I see when I fuck up and have to go back into this program during the summer, you know, who have, who's buddies with Fredo, you know? Right. <laughs> like, all the dominoes I had to fall for us to be sitting in those seats that night. And it wasn't good enough just a notepad. I actually had to become friends with him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know? Like, I doubt he's ever getting in touch with Shaggy when there's when the Nuggets tickets pop up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. He's not getting in touch with me to give me Nets yeah. or Knicks tickets. Yeah, well, those probably don't pop up so much. <laughs> the other issue is if they do pop up, they're probably – because it's kind of like a lotto system, I think he says. Oh, uh, okay. And the thing is, you know, the offices are in Secaucus. Everybody lives around there. Those probably are – you know, no one's in New Orleans, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it works out all the same because I wouldn't go anyway. Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, fuck, I got to go all the way into Brooklyn for this bullshit. Right, right. You know, it's like a, now you're looking at like a six-hour round trip Yes, yes. I'm going to take off work the next day. Yes, to go watch a two-hour basketball game. And I hate the NBA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there you go. Um, uh, let, let me see real quick on that. What was I going to say? Um... Yeah, I can't remember. Um, yeah, but we've well, already been on here fifty-two minutes. Yes, with, um, just a couple of things. I know you got to go eat. Um, just a couple, a uh, couple big ticket items. One, uh, happy anniversary, buddy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, happy anniversary. Uh, we had, good thing you said because I was something else I wanted to say. We just happy belated birthday. We just passed our uh, two-year anniversary. What, was it the 13th? I think it was November 11th, wasn't it? Well, I mean, I know it's your birthday, right? No, no, 27th is my birthday. Uh, then it must be 11th. Because 
I knew your birthday was coming up, but tonight when I got on Skype, there was a reminder from 11-11 saying it was your birthday. Uh, uh, it, so maybe that's what you must have listed as the birthday. No, no, maybe of. you said it as our anniversary. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess so. Because I thought it was around that time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. it was. So it's not a belated happy birthday to you. It's a belated happy birthday to us. To us, it was definitely the eleventh because we couldn't commemorate yeah. it because it's Veterans Day. Yeah, yeah. Because I all right. Because I remember I went had to go back in and look for the alpha email. Yes. Yes, last year when we were trying to find the exact day. That's right. That's right. Yep. Okay. So Armistice Day is our anniversary. Um, which. Two two years, eighty five episodes, eighty four episodes, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, not too bad. There's only TV s- shows don't do eighty four episodes in two years. No, I think we have sixteen more. We can get into syndication. Yep, yep. Oh. We'll be on uh, like UPN, the local UPN affiliate, which would be nice. Like it's five thirty or whatever. <laughs> um, what else? What else? what did you have besides? The well, I might as well vent to you about what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because this is just kind of annoying. It really pisses me off. All right, so they do this thing through the Louisiana State Bar every year called the Secret Santa thing. I've never done it, you know, but you sign up for it, and you can sign up for as many kids as you want, where it's like you're giving kids, like these underprivileged kids, they get, get them together or whatever through agencies or whatever, and they fill out a wish list. You know, and you can give them Christmas presents off of the wish list, you know? Okay, yeah. So the other day they sent out an email again, like, oh, we still need about seven more secret sayings. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it this year, you know? My my good nature was getting the best of me, my conscious conscience. So I signed up for it, so I get the packet. When was it? I must have got the packet yesterday, you know? Right. So I opened the packet. They sent it to my office, you know, through the mail. I opened it. And the first thing, the kid wants all kinds of shit, but you're not even, I mean, I guess if you were really rich, you could get him everything, but I'm not, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can get him a few things. I was thinking I can get him up to a certain level, you know, like they can drop a hundred bucks total or something. Okay. Because I'm like, I don't even spend that much money on my family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I look at the first thing on there, Xbox, uh, Madden 16 for Xbox 360. I was like, well, I'll definitely get the kid that. Because that's probably the one, and they had, they had, because they have like three, you know, they got three categories on there. It's like three things you want, like toys, you know, and it was like Madden 16 for Xbox 360, basketball goal, and then basketball. Well, I was like, I'm definitely not buying them a basketball goal, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of complicated anyway, you know? Right, right. Like I'm going to go pick up a $200 basketball goal or something and wrap it up for them. You know, I was like, who let him put that on the list? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, don't you think it's kind of crazy to have that on the list? A basketball goal. Right. (laughs) And then then they got the category, three things you need. And it was like clothes, shoes, and like a jacket. You know, I was like, oh, well, maybe I can get him a jacket or something or a pair of shoes. You know, he's a little kid, a 10-year-old, you know. So I'm thinking something from there. And then, and then the last category is something to read, and he's got a few books that he'd be interested in. It was like something called Brixton, which I have no clue it, what it is. I Googled it. I think there might be Brixton Brothers or something. I think there might be mystery books for little kids or something, you know? Okay. 
and Where's Waldo? And then he had drawing books, which I didn't know what that really meant. I was like, is that a coloring book? You know, I didn't know. So whatever. But I'm still not done. But but right away, I was like, well, I'll definitely get him the Madden 16 because that's what the kid really wants, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I look it up right away. I Google it. And all the prices are like $60, you know, on Google. But Walmart.com is selling it for $39.99 yesterday, you know? I was like, fuck it. I'll buy it right now at that price. So I buy it right then there at Walmart.com. And then... You know, they'll charge you shipping, but it's like you can pick it up at your local Walmart. And there's uh, there's a Walmart that's not a mile away from the office, you know? Okay. So I'm like, fine, I'll pick it up there. And then it's like, uh, and I had to set up a Walmart.com account, you know? So I don't have a credit card or anything saved in there. And it's giving me the options, how you want to pay for it. And then it says, oh, you can pay PayPal. I was like, oh, good, because I don't even have to friggin' pull out my wallet and look through my cards and enter all this information. I'll just do it through PayPal. You know, it's like one click. So I click on a PayPal pick up the store, you know? So after work, I go there, get it. Everything's fine. Well, this morning I go to office and then I see walmart.com selling fucking Madden 16 for the 360 for $28 today. You know, same game you just bought. Yes. So I look up their match. I was like, oh, they probably matched the price since I bought it from them. So I look up the, the policy online and say, oh, yes, as long as it's within the return period, we'll, we'll refund you up until the value, you know? Yeah. And they're like, call this number. So I call up and I'm talking to this guy who was really nice, but he ended up not being too helpful. You know, he kept putting me on hold and stuff. And, it, you know, he's like, how did you pay for it? I was like, he's like, uh, I was like, I paid for it, PayPal. He's like, oh. And then he calls up. He's like, I got to go talk to the supervisor. He puts me on hold. He comes back, puts me on hold again. Finally, comes back. He's like, uh, because it's PayPal, we really don't know what to do. Yeah. You know? Uh. And he's like, we can't figure it out. He's like, so what we can do is either give you off to the experts, and they'll give you a call, and they'll take up 48 hours, and then such and such, or you can bring it up to the one that you picked it up at and return it to them and then buy it back for the, for the lower price. You know, I was like, Oh, I was like, but I got to stick on the phone for way longer or something. What, what's going to happen? He's like, yeah, I was like, I'll just bring it back to the store and have them refund me and then buy it back. So simple enough, right? So I go home and pick up on lunch break and pick up the game and the receipt. And after work, I go to that, go to the customer service center in there. You know, what's the, I'm sorry. What's the price difference again? $12. Okay. And the other thing I'm thinking also literally what I'm thinking, I was like, well, get the $12. That's 12 more dollars that I can spend on On the kid. kid. Yeah, totally. You know, cause I'm like, I can buy him, you know, uh, a couple of Where's Waldo books for 12 bucks, probably, you know? Yeah, yeah. 12's, 12's worth it. Yeah, and he wants socks and stuff. I was like, it, it, I was like, I get a cheaper deal on this. It allows me to add more to what I'm buying for this kid, you know? Yep. Because I want to get him as much stuff as I can. I was like, well, I definitely got to get him socks and, you know, some, you know, shoes or something, you know? Because that's, you know, it's just... 
you start thinking like your parents thought when you used to get lame gifts like that when you were little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't like them, but you need those things. Right. You know? right. So, uh, so I go in there thinking I'm just going to return the game and I tell them the situation. And then he's like, where's the card? I was like, I paid PayPal. <laughs> She's like, you paid PayPal? I was like, yeah. She's like, we can only give you store credit then. I was like, no. I was like, it's PayPal. I've had refunds on PayPal before. You know? Yeah. And I was like, it's linked to my bank account. It's real money. Right, right. It's not you know? Bitcoin. Yes. And she calls over. She's like, hey, miss whoever your name is, you know? And she's like, for PayPal, whatever, you know, can we give him money? Is still credit? She, she's like, still credit. I was like, I was like, I don't want that. She said, well, what are you going to do? You want the gift card? I was like, no. Right. And I took the game and I walked out of there and her seat back. I was like, because that's bullshit, you know? And I walked back out, get in my car, and I call up Walmart.com again. And I'm talking to another, a different person this time, a lady uh, with a southern accent. It was really nice, but not helpful at all. She, and I'm explaining, I was like, this is BS. It's PayPal. I've had PayPal refunds. It's real money. And she's trying to call the store, and she she puts me on hold, and she gets back. She's like, I try to call them five times. I keep hanging up, you know? And, and, <laughs> and then she tries to do it again. She's like, I think they might have a problem with their phone, because that time I heard the girl, before she could even finish saying, uh, you know, whatever spiel they say when they answer the phone at Walmart, the phone hung up. And I was like, all right, well, can you refund me? She's like... Oh, no, because I'm looking because I tried to do the returns, but it's grayed out. You know, like, you know, like on the Internet thing, sometimes when you don't have the option, yes. they'll like make it gray or something. Yeah. She's like, because you picked it up at the store. You know, I was like, but I ordered through Walmart.com and paid for it through Walmart.com. You know, she's like, but because you picked it up at the store, there's nothing I can do for you. I'm like, what? <laughs> she, they're like, it's up to the store. And I'm like. I was like, I must be better off calling PayPal. She's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, she's like, well, have a good night. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm in some kind of limbo. Yeah. So then I, you know. You're an e-commerce like, purgatory. Yes. So then I call PayPal, and I get to the point where it's like, would you like to speak to an agent? And I'm like, agent. You know, you got to go through all this bullshit. They're asking me stuff. I've had a PayPal account for so long. I don't have any telephone number linked to it. I don't have any secret code, and they're asking you all these questions. I had PayPal way before they had any of those deals, you know? Yeah. So it took me a lot of time just to get there and acknowledge my account. So they don't they put you on hold, you know, when you ask for agent, they don't even give you like any updates. Like, it'll be this long. So I'm on there for like five minutes, eventually I'm like, fuck PayPal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have any agents. Like, they don't have a huge call center or a call bank. Because yeah, I mean, I know they're on the West Coast because it's because when you go to a website, call times are Pacific time. You know, mm -hmm. so you got to call during Pacific time. But they don't even come in. You know, you are will be your call will be answered in approximately twenty seven minutes. So you don't even get that shit. You know? Yeah. So I just gave up on it. So then I was like, well, Walmart.com won't help me out. I'm just going to call Walmart straight up. You know? And, of course, part of me at that point was like, I guess I could just go get the store credit, buy the thing back, and then go buy some bullshit in there, like buy some food or something. Because, you know, all, 
it's got a big grocery store in it. But at this point, I was just kind of like set my ways. I was like, no, fuck those people. I'm not walking back in there and tell them I want the store credit now. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'm set. Like I, I need to win. You know. I, you know, and, and I know we're trying to wrap up, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but the, what do you think it is? It, are people just really, really bad at at service? Are they um, in over their heads technologically, or do people just not give a fuck? I think two things over there. A, they don't know how PayPal works, you know, because I have a hard time believing one of the biggest corporations in the world provides you a form a way to pay, you know, and doesn't instruct their associates on how to deal with it, you know? So I think they don't know what the hell they're doing, and I don't think they give a fuck, mm. you know? And that's why I was telling the lady from Walmart.com, I was like, I, th- I think they just don't know how to do PayPal in there, you know? But you go to stores all the time, like Home Depot, you can pay for PayPal because after that breach thing, you remember the breach through Target yep. and Home Depot and all these places? Yep. That became a thing, paying for by PayPal to these places to avoid that shit. You know? Yeah. Which is why you use it, is to avoid your information being... And I have a hard time believing every business that accepts PayPal will only give you credit back. You know? So I know they don't know what they're talking about. You know? But I, I think it, it even transcends the PayPal because you think PayPal was the boogeyman. You know, like we know people who are like, and I don't accept PayPal. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, at this point, that'd be like saying, I don't have a bank account. Yeah. It, it's totally acceptable. But uh, I went to the bagel shop the other day and. Um, I was like, hey, Roscoe, let's get to I'll buy breakfast. He was helping me do some errands. Yeah. Um, we stand it. I go, the only problem with this bagel shop is they got good bagels, but service is, is a little spotty. We walk in, and sure enough, the line's 10 people deep. But yep. they're not all waiting to order. Some are waiting to pay. Some are waiting to pick up. Some are called. Like, there's no system. And there's no triage. No. No. <laughs> no. No, like... People who are waiting, who've paid and waiting for their orders over here. People who have ordered, waiting to pay, just come here. It's the worst. No, everybody's just mixed in. It's the worst system because yes. a, there's a lot of wasted space in the store, and two, the service area, the bagel um, display case, and the cash register are all in the back left-hand corner of the store. Yeah, like it's just poorly set up. Yeah. So um, we we order. And we sit down and we watch all of the people in the queue or the, yeah. you know, the alleged queue uh, yes. get their stuff and leave. And a couple people that had ordered after us left. And, I, and nobody at any point asked you, "Can I? have you been waited on nope, yet? Nope. Yeah. And um, I go up and I say, hey, I'm waiting on a salt bagel and a bacon, egg and cheese on a whatever. And they're like, hmm. And they scurry around, and they look around, and they go to the place where they stick the order cards or the you know the yeah. order things, and it's right there. And they go, oh, it's right here. Hold on, um, it's a few minutes. It'll be a few minutes. I'm like, no, 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 I've already waited ten minutes. I'm like, that's it. I, I got to be somewhere. I'm I'm leaving, and I just I walked out, you know. Yeah. And so I'm like, screw that place. I have to, uh, now. I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. I wanna. 
I want to um, patronize the local place, but I can't because they suck. So I go to Dunkin' Donuts, and this morning and I ordered um, – I also bought breakfast for Roscoe because he did some stuff around here. And I said, I want the number 10 Yep, with a pumpkin coffee. But the the number ten is a sausage, a turkey sausage, uh, egg white flatbread. Okay. I also wanted that, but I just wanted the sandwich because I had yeah. my own coffee. I didn't want the hash browns, so I said, "Give me number ten. And also, I would like one turkey sausage flatbread sandwich. Yes. And the girl types in my number 10. She looks at the, what the number 10 is, and she types in number 10. And she goes, okay, what else? And I'm like, and one turkey sausage egg white flatbread. And she kind of looks at me and looks down at the screen and looks at me and goes, a number 10? <laughs> and I'm like, yep. And... A turkey sausage egg white flatbread. You gotta like break it down for him. And she looks back down, and and now I see what the price of the of the um of the combo is. It's on the screen, right? Yep. And she looks down at the thing, looks back at me, and goes, "Okay, five thirty-seven." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! You didn't get the other sandwich I want." So she's like, "Oh." So at this point, the manager, quote unquote, manager. Uh, intercedes and says, okay, I'm sorry, what did you want? And, I, and I'm <laughs> like, I want a number 10. And he's like, okay. And I go, and a turkey white flatbread sandwich. And he goes, oh, you want two turkey sausage <laughs> egg white flatbread sandwiches? And I go, yeah. And he goes, and do you want um, the hash browns with that? And I was like, no, no, I'll take j- just the sandwich on that one. And he's like, okay. No problem. And he brings me up. I go, I walk out to the car. Guess what I got? Two combos? Worse. Two turkey flat. Two, two, and no combo. And no combo. Yeah. Well, how fucking hard was that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, man. Uh, You've got a I menu mean, item. You offer that menu item in a combo. Therefore, there's two yep. ways to order that menu item. Yeah, it's like almost like you would have been better off doing two separate transactions. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's it's, it's stupefying. Like, Saya, so uh, well, when I came, after that lady pawned me off, it was just like, there's nothing I can do for you. And after I called PayPal, like I just called Walmart. Straight up, you know, Walmart stores, which is a different customer care center. You know, and I explained the, the situation to the guy because I thought this would have been resolved by now. When I, after I came out there the first time and called the lady after going to the store, when I was told her I was very aggravated, I didn't use any swear words. I just let her know that I thought this was ridiculous. You know, normally that's all it takes to get the problem taken care of. You know, yeah, yeah. Instead of her saying, sorry, I really can't help you. So then I called Walmart themselves, and I talked to a guy, and I explained the whole situation to him. And he's, like, putting notes. He's like, well, what we're going to do is, uh, you know, we're going to put the note for the manager. I'm like, well, when am I supposed to hear back from him? He's like, 
three three business days. He's like, but the problem is the weekend's coming up, so maybe hopefully he'll call you tomorrow. You know, because it's business days, right? You know, and I was like, but I don't even know how long the sale's going to last for the twenty eight dollar game. Am I going to be able to get that? You know, the cost match. He's like, well, I'm putting that in the notes. I was like, are you? I was like, you got to look it up. He's like, yes, I'm putting that in the notes. You know, that it was $20. I even took a screenshot of it, you know? <laughs> right, and, right. And he's like, and it will be up to him. And he's going to call you. manager's going to call you and they'll explain everything. So that's, so I'm in limbo now, but that's where I am. I, I find it really hard to believe. But at that point, I did not want to go. I was like, all right, there's things I need from the grocery. But I was like, fuck it. I'm not going in there now because I want, I need them to tell me that that's not how they handle friggin' PayPal. Right, right. It's a matter of <laughs> that My only other option isn't to get store credit. I never go to Walmart. Right. You know, and, and then it's like, I, I, I'm optimistic that the manager will say, oh, I'm sorry about that. This is what's going to happen. Somebody has to. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I get it. And then my phone buzzes as I'm leaving. I leave there and it totally put me off by like an hour, you know? Yeah. Which is why we ended up so late because I planned on stopping by the store to get a couple of things anyway on the way home, like another grocery store. I was like, this be five minutes and then I'll just stop by grocery store. But because of all that shit, it put me behind. And as I pull into the grocery store parking lot on the way home, I get a buzz and there's an email from walmart.com asking me to grade my uh customer <laughs> service experience tonight so i really laid into it because yeah. i was like maybe they'll actually get in touch with me you know right and i'll and i laid in about how i called them this morning and i went in there and i called them again and and they don't know how to use paypal and i think it's ridiculous that one of the world's largest corporations has a system that they don't even know how how it works you know right right and no one knows how it works <laughs> you know, so I haven't got any friggin' updated emails, but I'm sure I'll hear from Walmart.com customer service too, because I think they'll usually follow up with you when it's negative like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I even said how it's an embarrassment to the company, and I'll never use that service again, just to hopefully trigger them getting in touch with me. Yeah. So now um, that's where I am, and that's what really pissed me off tonight because. That's fucking outrageous. That is outrageous. You know, oh, sorry, but you ordered it to pick up, so it's not our problem anymore. Wait, your website that allows this option to, for me to pick up if I buy the thing through, it's not your problem anymore? And I got to depend on the morons who are staffing your stores to help me out? You know, whatever. Well, on that note. Yeah. Uh, but before we uh, part ways, Livy, I want to... Uh... I found the uh, the alpha email, and I'd like to give a dramatic reading, as is uh, as has become too sorry excuses. Yes, the tradition. tradition. Yes. Um, from Matthew DeSantis to Matthew Livacari. Subject: Sorry excuses. Hey, dude. The other day, I was randomly thinking about that USC game at MetLife, and it dawned on me that that weekend was the most fun I've had in a long time. Not just because of the football game, or the debauchery, or being able to wax poetic about yesteryear, but being able to kick back and shoot the shit about all things orange and non-orange. 
<laughs> I guess that would have been all things, right? Yes. Okay. Um, then I thought, why not do that more often? Not necessarily get wasted and berate other middle-aged men, but take time <laughs> to talk about something I dig. So I started kicking this idea of doing a Syracuse-centric podcast. Like most of my ideas, I came up with a catchy name, Sorry Excuses. Then I started thinking about the content, which would normally be a Cuse basketball report, but in reality it would serve as a springboard for all things born out of the Cuse connection, which is basically everything. <laughs> I can't think of anything I can't think of anyone better than you to sit down for an hour or so a week and chat about such nonsense. What do you say? Let's get the band back together. Hope all is well. Sandman. <laughs> I believe my response was I'm in. <laughs> That's exactly what your response was. <laughs> Very Jordan-esque. And there we are, two years later, celebrating yes. our eighty-fourth episode. <laughs> Yes. And with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo, who I only know because of Dan Orenstink. <laughs> <laughs> happy anniversary, Fredo. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Fredo. I hope you enjoyed listening to us for the last two years. <laughs> and for the next two years, or dos años. <laughs>